Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, August 13, 2017. Our scripture for the day is Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great crowds followed him, and there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleaned. By now, many of you know that when it comes to preaching and worship prep, I try to work two to three months ahead, and I try to have sermons outlined and ready to go well in advance as a way to keep things fresh and to keep things going. But after yesterday... Today's message has the same points and it has the same overall gist, but it takes on a little bit different meaning today. Today we're in the second, we're almost finished with our Behind the Music series. And you've picked two hymns for today that get at the core of why yesterday happened. He touched me and how great thou art. And if you look at the stories behind these hymns, He Touched Me came about because Bill Gaither had a friend of his in 1962 who said, Bill, you need to write a hymn that has He Touched Me in it. It's that simple. There was no mountaintop experience. There was no, it was just a friend of Bill Gaither's who said, you need to write a hymn like this. And Bill did. And how great thou art has its history going back to the late 1800s in Western Europe, but became finalized in its current version by Stuart K. Hine in the middle of the 20th century. And you look at these two hymns, and you look at their simple message. You look at their message. One has at its core, He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. How many of you like this hymn? I figured it'd be most of y'all. So let's ask the question. Let's look at our souls. Let's look at our souls. Not look at our words. Not look at our actions. Not look at what we want people to think we're all about. But let's look at our souls. Do we sing that hymn with integrity? Has joy flooded our souls? Does joy flood our souls? Or do we on Sunday morning come in and sing this hymn and then on the way out and during the week have attitudes and actions that are full of anger and hatred and rage? Does our rhetoric match the idea of the joy that floods our souls because Jesus has touched us? Or is it just merely a sentimental hymn that was published well after the Cokesbury hymn, proving yet again that hymns can be written after that little brown book and still touch our lives? Alright, believe it or not, God did not, did not finish hymn writing in 1935 when that book was published. It's a great hymn book, don't get me wrong. But this is Bill Gaither. But the message is so much at the core of why things like Charlottesville happen. They happen because we don't have joy in our souls. They happen because we let rhetoric hijack us. 
They happen because we let our attitudes of superiority or our fears of inferiority dominate who we are and what we believe. And the question we ask ourselves as we come to the text this morning is not why did that happen? That happened because of evil. That happened because of reprehensible attitude and actions. There is no one group of human beings that has any right to say they're better than any other because the gospel we proclaim says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And through the grace of God and Christ, we all understand that we are not worthy to be God's chosen people, but we have been made worthy by the blood of Christ. So the question is not why did Charlottesville happen? The question is how are you and I living in such a way that it doesn't happen here next? How are you and I living? What are our actions and our attitudes? What are the How do we treat each other? How do we treat our families? How do we treat our church members? How do we treat our church staff? How do we treat our city? How do we treat our state? How do we treat our government? How do we treat citizens? The most dangerous phrase in human history is they had it coming. Because you know what? The old boy that spent six hours up there, he did not give us what we had coming. But he gave us the opposite. And these three little verses from Matthew that are at the core of today's message, from where all this comes, actually point us to what was originally titled the awe and wonder of God's personal touch. For you see, this guy that went to see Jesus, leprosy was not just a medical condition. That was an ostracization from society. When you had leprosy, you had no standing with anyone. You were the worst of the worst. There's a reason why the phrase leper colony comes, comes out. As a matter of fact, there was a dorm at Louisiana Tech we called the leper colony because it was in disrepair. I know Mr. Cobb and a few others may remember these things here and there. And you look at it and you go, that's the worst of the worst. We look, at the, we look at the worst and go, we don't want any part of it. And yet Jesus looked at the worst of humanity and said, bring it to me. Jesus has just gotten done with the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 when we transition. So that's the mountain off of which He's coming. This is right after he has preached his message where he's telling them, blessed are the poor, blessed are the weak, blessed are, blessed are so many people they wouldn't thought of. He's coming off that mountain and here's where the rubber meets the road. And this is where you and I have to understand that the mountain we come off of is worshiping as God's people and God's house on this day. When we come down from the mountain of proclaiming this message, does our action meet our rhetoric? Do our attitudes meet our rhetoric? Do we sing, He touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul, and then walk out of here as angry, bitter people full of rage? Jesus comes off that mountain preaching that message. And He's got people following Him. And I mean people. And there was a leper who came to Him. A leper came to Him. The one that society had marginalized the most the unclean one came to Jesus. And I think that's the first thing we need to remember 
as we seek to live as people of the gospel is that faith in Christ includes presenting ourselves for healing. I think, though, the difference between the leper and so many of us is the leper, it was obvious because of his skin, it was obvious how much he needed healing. It was obvious that he needed the cleansing touch of Jesus. Because after all, it's only the great teacher, the great rabbis that could provide the healing. The leper knew he needed healing. Faith in Christ includes presenting ourselves for healing. The question you and I have to ask ourselves today, and it's a question we have to especially ask ourselves after Charlottesville, is are you and I aware of the healing that we need? Are you and I aware of the healing that we need? And do we have the humility and do we have the faith to present ourselves to Christ for that healing? It's a question we can only ask of ourselves, but it's also a question we ask as a church. Do we present ourselves for healing or have we deluded ourselves into thinking there's nothing wrong? When we allow ourselves to think there's nothing wrong, that is when it is really going to get bad and quick. And presenting ourselves for healing is not just a one-time thing. There is a reason why we are called to take up our cross daily and follow Christ. And that is because we have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves physically, but we also have to take care of ourselves emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. So can it be said once again as we pray, as we say, can it be said that joy floods our soul? Are we presenting ourselves for healing to Christ so that joy may flood our souls? Or do we look for a hundred different other ways for joy to flood our souls? As you've heard me say before, and I will say it again until the day I die, our joy is not found in our circumstances because our circumstances are not static and our circumstances change and our circumstances may not always be the best, but we are not called to be faithful Christians because of our circumstances. We are called to be faithful because of the circumstances that Christ found Himself in and yet still offered himself, himself on our behalf. Which draws us into our second thing. If you notice, the leper knelt before him and said, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Healing is not about a physical act or remedy. You notice the language very carefully there. And I love the way the editors of the NRSV handled it. You can make me clean. It would have been very easily, very easy to use the words, only you can heal me. But what the leper was seeking was cleansing because the leper understood the truly transformative power of Christ. The leper was looking for cleansing. What do you and I look for from Christ? What do you and I look for when we come to our Lord? And not just on Sunday mornings, but every hour of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. Are we looking for our own wills to be done? Or are we looking solely for the cleansing that can come from nowhere else but Christ our Lord? Cleansing that cannot come from a checkbook, cannot come from 
our status in a community or our status in a church or our status in our families, but a healing that comes by understanding the desperate nature of our circumstances. We don't know the ins and outs of what all happened yesterday. We know some of it. We don't know all of it. But we do know this. Imagine how yesterday would have turned out if instead of reaching for a tiki torch and reaching for a rock and reaching for violence, what if we had been reaching for Christ instead? How would yesterday have been different? And how would our lives be different if instead of reaching out for self-righteousness, we reached out for healing from Christ? How would our world change? How would our lives change? Jesus stretched out His hand and touched Him, saying, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately His leprosy was cleansed. Third thing we have to remember is that all healing points to God. And it points to God's work going on in our souls and in our lives. The leper is not the one who cleansed himself. But Christ is the one that did the cleansing. How many times do we say to ourselves or others, hey, I got this? No, you don't. And the day you think you got this is the day you are destined for disaster. Because there's that little verse, oh, let's see, Philippians 4.13, that's right, I can do all things not of my own, but I can do all things through Christ who? That's right. Nowhere in the Bible are we called to say, I got this. But instead, we are called to point to God in everything. A leper, the most unlikely, comes down and says, after Jesus comes off the mountain and basically says, all right, boss, put your money where your mouth is. Let's get after it. How great thou art. We see the power. You know, on one hand, we sing about the power of God's touch with a little line that was a throwaway line to Bill Gaither that became one of the great hymns of the faith. And then we sing, How great thou art. And then sings, My soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. And then sing, What is your soul singing today? What is my soul singing today? Can we say that our souls are singing how great thou art? Or are our souls trying to be full of anger, bitterness, and rage? Here's the thing about it, brothers and sisters. Everyone is going to let you down at some point or another. Your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your children, your grandchildren, your grandparents, your pastors, your Sunday school teachers, others in the church, others in the community, others you work with, everyone's going to let you down at some point or another. The question is, how do we let that affect our soul? Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. But you notice what came before that. When I in awesome wonder consider it, when I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder. Maybe if we spent more time looking at what God has and is and will do in the world and spent less time with our own personal agendas, imagine how much different 
the world could be. We can't change what happened in Charlottesville yesterday. And again, the two words are sad and indefensible. Sad and indefensible what happened. And while we can't change what happened in Charlotte, we can change what happens in our homes, in our workplaces, in our churches, in our community. Because remember, Jesus also was very clear about the idea that if you thought something, you've done it. What are, what are our souls singing? Let's never forget the awe and power, the awe and wonder of God's personal touch. And this, my friends, is the word that I share with you today in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. To the glory of God the Father. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of Derrida, Louisiana. Find out more about us at fumcderrida.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash fumcdr. Have a blessed day.